Yes, bitch, it's a microphone. Do I talk in the ear? Can I talk from here? Do I? That's just going to be the cold open, because I pressed record right before you did that. I'm not editing that out. That's just how this episode's going to start. I, I've already had a couple drinks. I just want to lay back on the couch and talk. Yes, we okay? can We can hear you. We okay, can... good. Hi. Knock, 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 motherfuckers. Hello. It's me. <laughs> open up the door. It's real. It's the nonstop pop pop of this joke being tired. We've made it on almost every episode. Not, not, yeah, well, I mean, just two episodes ago, we were talking about another knock-knock movie. Knock at the cabin. <laughs> but now, yeah. knock-knock, not, we're, the, we're the pod people. I'm Matisse Fenrossum. Uh, I, I had a name, I think, but I forgot. This is a mess. Bitch, uh, you barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Spend sheets. Monster wants to podcast. Monster wants to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there we go. Excellent. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I'm, I'm Eli frothing at the mouth to talk about this movie. Oh, that, uh, that's okay. That's pretty good. That's I'll a good one. To you. That's a good one. I thought it was stupid. It is, but I, in a good way. Uh, much like, much like this how mo- some people feel about Eli Roth. Much like this movie. <laughs> yeah, much like every Eli Roth movie. Yeah. Well, Ben has... This was Ben's pick. This was Ben's pick. Of course, which this is like a Ben Core movie. Of course, I will it was. Say. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, um, this is a movie. A, this is a movie for itself. freaks and perverts. Well, okay, so I picked <laughs> Knock Knock, which I, I think has the potential to be a future midnight movie classic. Hear me out. Like this is I'm this movie I'll hear you is out, but I'm making a face. Eli Roth seeing the movie Funny Games by the acclaimed auteur Michelle Haneke. And saying, oh, I can do that. And then just making the sleaziest, trashiest version of funny games imaginable. And which, I love it for which that. Which is, is saying something because funny games is already pretty sleazy. Yeah. A different kind. Different brand of sleazy, I yeah. would say. I, I certainly was not prepared for this movie, um, Good. <laughs> this is one that completely that completely flew by me. It came out in 2015. Yep. Um, Very quietly. I don't think it got no, much of a theatrical release. No fucking kidding. There's no way they would have been able to put this movie in theaters without giving it an NC-17 rating. I'm pr- so? I'm pretty think? confident of that. Really? Okay. I, I don't think I, that much in it. Like uh, you know, the dialogue. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that is said in this movie is, like, pushing beyond the boundary of just dropping a few F-bombs, you know? (laughs) Also, uh, multiple pretty graphic sex scenes. Are they? Yeah, funny. I think they're they're funny, but I think they're they're pretty... You think they're graphic? We just see some titties. I don't know. Do we see much else other than that? I mean, it I feel goes like on this for is a kind long of a, time. Almost a throwback to like '90s era, like lurid sort of thrillers, sex thrillers, yeah, like, like wild things and stuff like that. Where that does exist, Indecent and proposal. they got an, they got an R rating and shit like that. So you know, maybe. Yeah. I mean, would... it, well, this movie certainly feels like it's stuck in like the early aughts. Like, there's a lot of uses of like. That's Eli Roth. That's though. just Eli Roth. Yeah, that's just Eli I mean, Roth. Of course. Which is I why think... all his best work is in the early to mid two thousands because he is just like yeah. that era distilled and but he like, never grew out of it. Here's the thing, Here's the thing, though. I feel like every Eli Roth movie is fairly misunderstood because people 
take it more seriously than they should. Yes. Because I think this movie is a comedy wearing the clothes of a horror movie, like a home invasion style lurid thriller type of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, at its core, it's a comedy movie. Yes. Um, Much like his other movies. You know, Cabin Fever is the same way. Cabin Fever is more obvious about in its comedic tone, but I would yeah, say that like... Confident. But... I, like even stuff like Hostel is Hostel is a comedy as oh, well. Oh, for sure. Um, and I mean, Eli Roth has a sense of. I mean, he and Quentin Tarantino are friends. I there's a there's a lot of the same DNA there. I think Eli Roth is really heavily inspired by it, Tarantino. This movie is one of his most misunderstood because, like, you look at like Letterbox, for example. This movie has like a two. Yeah. And, like, I, I think that's... It's got, like, a 30-something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think that's a bit harsh because I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I also understand why people don't like it. And I think I think that there's even an argument to be made for totally understanding it and still not liking it hi that's I think me it's, i think it's a matter of <laughs> Sorry, i think it's guys. a matter of taste <laughs> i like, yeah like i totally get it like yeah his intent was very clear can we uh he just didn't necessarily like land can we start me. by explaining what this movie is yes yeah by all means so keanu it stars keanu reeves uh fantastic Keanu performance, I must say. Oh, yeah. Right Almost off, a Nick Cage right off level the bat, performance yeah. here. No, I'll give that. I'll give that. Keanu, this, this stars Keanu Reeves. They set it up at the beginning that he is like basically the world's coolest and best dad. And he loves he <laughs> loves so his he loves his hot Spanish wife and his wonderful children so much. They're rich. He's an architect. She's an artist. He has the perfect life. Um, and his wife and kids are going to be gone for the weekend to a beach vacation. But ah, man, he's got to work. He, so he's got to stay home and work. But man, he sure does love his wife and kids so much. And then. He's home working, there's a thunderstorm, and two young women show up on his doorstep asking for shelter from the rain. They got lost, they're trying to get to a party, they ended up in the wrong place, and uh, things start to sort of uh, descend from there, and at that point it becomes basically softcore pornography for about 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, it reminds... Cin- Cinemax kind of shit. <laughs> yes. It's, uh... The the premise itself is, in a weird way, similar to something like The Strangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you choose our family? Because you answered, you know? Yeah, it's, because you were home. Yeah. yeah. It's these two girls, essentially, uh, psychologically torturing... Keanu Reeves. And physically torturing. Yeah, for the remainder of the movie. Yeah, well, and uh, also, they rape him multiple times. <laughs> um, and then treat him like the rapist because they when i say it's softcore porno for 20 minutes it is literally just 
an extremely prolonged setup for like a porn. Like really these two, prolonged. these two it's young scenes. Yeah, it just keeps going. These two they, they young hot girls up. show yeah. up. They're all wet. They need to come inside. Oh, can we dry our clothes? Oh, the Uber's forty-five minutes away. Oh, you're a DJ. That's so cool. We're flight attendants, and we love having threesomes. <laughs> and just like and it on, just goes and on, and on, on and on and on. It's like oh, the Uber shows up, girls your clothes are dry they're naked in the bathroom having a uh getting all soapy and sudsy did you you guys not not feel sorry i'm gonna be a a bummer but like did you guys not feel like it was just like constantly like hey do you get the bit for like multiple scenes and we're just like there just like yeah i I get the bit it goes on a little too long doing the same bit over and over i think on top of that like it comes at sorry i didn't like the movie like it comes after like a pretty long period of introducing him and his family where it's also set up. So like this movie essentially has like two setups where like, it's like, yeah, I I get the joke. Like he loves his family. And it was, it was funny at first. Like, the stuff with his like the the big pictures on the wall. Oh my god! These huge, high glossy, funny. full color photographs of him and his his family. So many of them, just all yeah, over it, the it's, house. It's an orgy of it. Like it's clearly like um, it's it's done. You know, tongue in cheek. There's there's intent there. Like obviously, it's like no one would actually have that many photos that size in their house. It's corny. It's, it's yeah. cartoon. It's and, it's caricature of like perfect family. Yeah, and that's funny. But that keeps being the joke. I don't know, like, Cabin Fever, like, it's it's pretty constantly mixing it up, at least. You know, like... That... Cabin Fever's zanier. Yeah, it's definitely zanier. And here, before, like, there's any real, like, action... And I mean, like, action just in, like, things happening, mm-hmm. right? We have to sit through two setups. Like, you've got the family set up, and then these characters coming in, and, like, before they do anything with him. And it's like... You just, you're, it's just like 20 fucking minutes of just like them doing the same softcore porn bit. And it's like, I, I got it. It it's, was funny, but it's, a little, it's not funny anymore by the end of it to me. It's a little bit too long, I think. I, I think the, the family setup at the beginning is fine. I, I think that goes on for as long as it needs to. Well, I thought it was fine going through it, but then we get to the second pay, like setup. Well, I mean, like, okay, you, no, you have like, to you have to set up these two... You, yeah, you have to spend That's time setting up these antagonists. I agree. I don't think it has to take as much time. Like you were talking about The Strangers a minute ago, a more serious film that requires you to be more invested in the movie because it's not tongue-in-cheek, and The Strangers has a much shorter setup. Yeah, but also the villains are not characters. They're they're masked killers. Yeah. There's there's no there's nothing to char- characterize them. That's why they are the strangers, right? We don't see their faces. This the antagonists, these two young girls are characters that have to be established. I agree mm-hmm. it goes on for too long. And but we like, should but say what are the, the, two, the two girls, uh, Belle and Genesis. And Genesis. Yeah. Um, one of them played by Ana de Armas in one in an early role mm-hmm. by her. I think she's great in this movie. She's hot way. in this movie. I think everybody. I think everybody's good in <laughs> yeah. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Like, I think all the performances are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. The actors aren't the problem that I had in this film for sure. Like I think like they're all they're all great, and and largely like. Well enough used, too, I think. Yeah. My problems are mostly with, like, the, the script and pacing. Yeah. I think I think my my biggest problem with the pacing is is the introduction of of the two girls. I think it's... Yes. it. I like... like you, you said a second ago they, they're characters. Like, you have to set up their characters. But, like, what in that scene is setting up their characters? Right? 
it, it was mostly just like the flirting stuff. Like we got that they were flirting. We, we as soon as we the door opened, we knew that. Like so, it's not really setting up their characters either. I think they subtly set some of that stuff up, like how Genesis is a little more dominant, while uh, uh, Bell is kind of more flirty, kind of daddy type. The of stuff. the daddy issues and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think it does. I think it does gently set that stuff up for it to be brought way over the top later in the movie. Um, and you know, I think there. I think it is important to have a little bit again probably not necessarily so much but have some of them like building the chemistry with Keanu and also I think what is important as well is that despite what they spend the rest of the movie telling him like he does reject their advances a lot visibly uncomfortable over multiple scenes uh you know the first 20 minutes when they're there and i think i think that's important to keeping his character sympathetic as well Mm -hmm. because like even though he does eventually succumb i mean they 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 do rape him like they do immediately. It, like well, he like, does, he they, does they more themselves multiple times. He does more than once say, "No, I'm married. We can't do this." And they are grabbing him and kissing him, and like he is trying to fight, like trying to push them off. Like if the roles were reversed, there would be no question. That, oh, yeah, you not say that part. Like, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty clear. Like, like they, um, they, se- they sexually assault him. Yeah, and, and like, he, I, I think, <laughs> I do think it is kind of, this, not the sexual assault part, but what is kind of funny is like in before that, when they're sort of like starting to come on to him, and he keeps moving seats around yeah, the living room, like, touching he, his shoulder, he keeps he getting keeps... up, and then they'll come over and like get on either side of him and like start touching him and stuff, and he'll he's still like trying to be polite, and he'll like get up and move to a different chair. See, what I love about that is they do play it up like a like a softcore porno of mm-hmm. sorts. But, like, in context, it it kind of shows, like, how rapey that stuff really is of, like, being <laughs> yeah. aggressively forward, yeah. you know? And, like, it's easy to just say, oh, hey, it's softcore. But, like, that's really creepy, sleazy stuff when you think about it. Like... I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think anybody's ever going to say that, like porn narratives are particularly progressive. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that's sure. that deep. Like, I, uh, and, and frankly, too, like, what what does the movie do with that topic? Cool, it brought it up. I, I'm with it. But I don't really know. I, don't, I, don't I mean, much out of, like, the punchline there. I, I think I think there is... I think it depends on, on how you look at it. I think there is kind of this perception or... or the the more common perception would be like, oh yeah, this is any guy's dream, right? Like two hot young babes show up at his house and there are flight attendants and so they're going to be gone and his wife's out of town and oh, their clothes are wet. Can we take our clothes off and put them in the dryer and wear your nice comfy robes? Like it is like setting it up as like a male fantasy. Well, and, and then how it becomes, it goes from that to a nightmare like very very quickly yeah and i think much like funny games and you know like funny Mm. games its whole thing is like 
horror as a genre is exploitative because it's reveling in other people's violence and misery. Like, this movie is taking that idea and, like, putting it to, like, sleaziness in a different way. Yeah. Where, like, it, it has the same kind of core, like, ideas of, like, taking this, like, oh, this is the male fantasy and being like, oh, that's kind of fucked up when yeah, you think about it. It's not as, uh, I, I wouldn't it's say that much it's... dumber. Yeah, yeah, it's much it's much clumsier than Funny Games. For but, sure, uh, for sure. The, the ethos is there, though, for sure. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. So after they, after they sleep together, things start falling apart pretty quickly. You know, he wakes up the next morning and is like, oh, man, I cheated on my wife last night. Oh, damn. He thinks they're gone, goes into the kitchen, and they have made themselves fully at home. They've just immediately made the biggest breakfast it, mess. Yeah, huge breakfast mess. They're <laughs> fucking the girls pancakes. Is, like, slamming the syrup <laughs> <laughs> Which I drinking it straight from so the bottle, funny. yeah, and uh, he just cannot get them to leave. One, one of the girl, like the uh, one of the girls, is like eating out of the dog bowl, like on the table and shit. And they're just like, yeah, there's like mess and food everywhere. Yeah, it's... I like the I like the dog in this movie. Yeah, monkey, monkey, little little fr- French bulldog. Is that I, what that is? Yeah, I think so. I I am a fan of uh, animals being named other animal names. Yeah. Uh, being the owner of a dog named Piglet myself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a dog named a little monkey dog is named Monkey name. is good. Yeah, yeah very good. Uh, but nothing bad happens to the dog in this movie either. No. Yeah. I mean, they leave with him. They they steal him. They're they're not going to look after that dog. Yeah, but then the movie ends after that. Yeah, it does just kind of end. You're <laughs> the, right. the the narrative the 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 story is over. Yeah. <laughs> it's not real life. Damn, movies aren't real life. As hard as it may be to believe sometimes. I don't know, man. That, that sounds wrong to me. And as some as some men like might like to fancifully dream of, of two hot women showing up on on his doorstep at night. It was it's, it's it not, was all a dream. But it was not a dream. It was all a dream. I do think it's funny Super that Nintendo. uh at one point Genesis writes on the mirror it was not a dream uh in lipstick. But then later she's wearing a shirt that says it was it was all a dream. <laughs> which which one is it? I thought it was trite. Was it all a dream or was it not a dream? I, I, got, I got kind of mad when I saw that shirt. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny. I mean, I think it's funny in the sense that it's fucking tacky. Yeah. yeah. Like when they start when when they start like drawing shit and doing like crude graffiti on all of the pictures and shit in the house you're like it's so dumb it's like yes it's fucking adolescent humor yeah (laughs) they write on the kids picture something like your dad has aids now or something (laughs) like it's just the most stupid stupidest most fucking juvenile humor but that's the point you're watching an eli roth movie it's obviously gonna be juvenile and like dumb yes you just have to accept that eli, like, once you like, accept was, that, eli like, roth I, forever I, has a 15 year old boy's sense yeah. of humor the, the thing is like that's totally that's great honestly like good go eli roth and you know what <laughs> i mean i don't know about that but... i uh but um yeah yeah maybe, maybe not maybe that's a little far but anyway like i i'm with that all if anything my complaint was just like I found the first half and into the second part, like, kind of boring. I felt like it didn't go far enough. 
with all like the the immature like silly shit. Like they they draw mm. on the the fucking portraits, okay? Like they they draw dicks on things. That's kind of funny. What else you got? I think and like, I that's think it. A Keanu Reeves's performance saves a lot of that, and two, it helps that like things escalate so much in the second half. The fact that it needs saving at all, but yeah, like I. I see where you're coming from, and I do agree. Like Keanu Reeves' performance is is, is and I mean in a, a couple perfect of, pick. You, you couldn't have picked someone better. For in that a couple one. of particular scenes towards the end of the movie, like it goes so off the so fucking rails, over the top, <laughs> off the fucking rails. Holy shit! That like I'm kind of glad that it was made. It feels weird to say more restrained earlier, but like kinda. There's some restraint in the context yeah. of the film. Because it does just, uh, does just, like, hit the fan in a couple of, like, really crazy scenes. Yeah. Well, I think Eli Roth is bad at restraint, then. That's what I think. I would I'm agree, I mean. <laughs> but... Like, and, and I think, I think he should have just, yeah, like, I, I think that there could have been, like, some creative or fun things you could have done early on for setup, whether, I, I don't care what, um, or, or just, like, cut it down a little bit, because, like, if it's all kind of, it's a goofy kind of movie, and we're not really supposed to care because it's all kind of fake and chintzy, then like, why are we spending so much time setting up these characters? I'm not supposed to care about. I mean, I don't like, think that you, I don't think that we're not supposed to care, or and like, I don't even know if like, there's like, it's a goofy movie, but also like, it's pretty fucking uncomfortable too. Yeah intentionally so but i i i don't feel like it can you can just write it off as like goofy not supposed to care i think eli roth again knew what he was doing here like it's supposed to be campy on one you know level but at the same time like you need a certain level of character development and like dwelling on the characters to make it feel like truly sadistic yeah which kind of is the core of this film well i guess like for me like the other reasons i i kind of got that sense of like not really caring was like some of like the filmmaking moments as well where uh i mean one again like kind of decorating the house like that making it such a cartoon of a thing is like okay well this is very silly and you know fake or whatever which is fine I'm, i'm here for that Keep it coming. Um, but then you get, like, moments where when the, the two characters first appear on the doorstep, like, the audio, like, the rain sound just kind of, like, Oh, cuts. well, that that is just a straight-up fucking mistake. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah. just a straight-up exactly. editing like, mistake. Exactly, like, where they just didn't care. And, like, you know, to, to catch that. Like, they didn't they didn't notice that. Like, how do you miss that? Like, like the, the audio fucks yeah, up there. I mean, it's big oversight, but, like, and, it's and then, one moment in yeah, the movie. Yeah, I don't think you can condemn the entire filmmaking of the movie based on that no, mistake. I no, I, I, I had more. <laughs> like, I wasn't about to, but, like, my, my point is, is that, like, there, you know, there's, there's a number of moments like that. Uh, not, not the one, no, uh, but... I mean, what what other I mean, moments honestly, like that? Cleveland, I think you're looking at this movie from the wrong perspective. Like, look at this movie from, like, 
uh, the room perspective, like a, a perspective no. of pure like, camp. Tommy, Tommy Wiseau, like notoriously didn't know what he was doing. Same with Troll Two. Same with other like or Neil yeah. Green. Like those guys are are divas that think they're making good work. Like this, this is but this, this is a movie tired conversation. is pure camp, and like I think the thing is with it, like. You can't dwell too much on the specific, like, details too much. Because, like, at its core, it's supposed to be a campy ride where, like, it knows what it's doing. While it's not direct in the wink-wink-nudge-nudge, which I kind of prefer. I mean, me too. Like, it does... Like, it does play it self-awareness. It does... Yeah, it does play it seriously. I mean, I'll, I'll split the difference here. Like, I, I don't... I agree with Cleveland that it, like... I don't think it, it goes nearly far enough in the direction of something like... Like, The Room or Troll 2. Just, like, absolute disasters that are made with complete sincerity. Because, one, yeah. there is... There is a, a large degree of self-awareness here that is just Eli Roth. Yeah. But also, I don't think this is a badly made movie. Like, yeah, the, the, thing. the example that Cleveland pointed out where that we all were looking at each other like, what the fuck, where they're on the doorstep talking to Keanu. And at one point, the the audio of the rain in the background just gets way higher like not gra- way like it just louder. it just cuts yeah and it, and like that is a glaring editing mistake yeah, that's that just I, an error i truly do not know how that got into the final cut but outside of that like i think the movie is pretty well made i think it does uh a, a lot of like fun like filmic things like the 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 motif of like the camera taking the same route through the house multiple times in the movie and seeing like the gradual state that it's descending into um throughout the course of the movie like stuff like that all the actors are really good they're all taking it seriously so there is that but also while it is a very campy movie the subject matter is like so dark and so uncomfortable that I don't think it can be totally read on a pure camp perspective either. And that's why I can also see why a lot of people would not like this movie, even if they get it. Like I, I had a great time watching this because of how fucking crazy the movie is. Don't know if I would really want to go back and watch it again. Oh. Outside of outside of the setting of like being with particular people and being like, "Oh my god, you guys got to see this movie." Well, that's the thing. Like, like I feel like Funny Games is a very similar thing. Like that's a movie you definitely don't feel like watching twice because it's so so brutal, sadistic yeah. and brutal. And like I feel like in much in the same way this movie is the same type of thing. But it's also making light of that type of thing, which is also kind of bordering the line, I guess you could say. And, like, I could understand why yeah. people would find that offensive or not like Yeah, that. well, I mean, it's the kind of stuff It's like, why are you trying to make light of it? You know, yeah, like, yeah. does it need... the what, what we haven't mentioned, for people who have not seen this movie, a key component mm-hmm. is 
the way that they sort of intru- they sort of trap Keanu so he can't like call the police or anything is they tell him, "Psych, we're actually 15 years old." So you just had sex with two underage girls. You're a pedophile. If you call the cops, then we'll tell them that you raped us. And like that is somewhere that most movies are would not, not go. would not go yeah. as like such a central thing. And like after they come back and break into the house later and like tie Keanu up, there's the whole scene with Ana de Armas like comes in wearing his like young daughter's like school like outfit yeah. and her underwear and the whole daddy thing and like she rapes him again in that scene and it's like they, they stuff his mouth with... Yeah, and she's, like, barking like a dog, which is funny, but also, like, it's just... It's so fucking skeezy, and... It's uncomfortable. It's extremely and like, uncomfortable, and it's like, I I can totally understand, and I sort of, like, put myself into this camp as well, where it's like, I don't really want to watch that again. Like, it was, it was a fucking hell of an experience. Yeah, it's and just, there's it's some really fun. There's some really funny stuff that we haven't talked about yet. Yes, but there's is. a stuff like that, and it's just like, yikes, man. But like, <laughs> like the thing is, is like for me watching that scene as someone who didn't have like an amazing time watching this movie, and that's another reason why I think if this got into theaters, it would probably be NC seventeen. Yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, for me, like that scene was, it was more just like, well not really sold on a direction to go, right? Because, like, it's trying to kind of do both at the same time. It's yeah. trying to sort of juggle, like, discomfort and also comedy. And I was, like, I was just sort of left somewhere in the middle. Like, I didn't I, I didn't really feel, like, that uncomfortable with the scene. Like, it is a subject matter that gets talked about a lot in a lot of circles. And, like, it is it is a heavy subject matter. And I mean, it, it, gets it is talk- an uncomfortable issue. It gets but, talked about, but like, you don't see it on on film very no, often no, which is i but, think kind of the whole is kind but it of the gets point. talked about in film a lot and like it is a subject matter that is broached a lot in film right like, but uh, always but always very seriously and like ben pointed out like this is obviously doing it half as a joke yeah and i think that it is intentionally trying to make you emotionally confused. Like, should I find this funny or should I be disturbed? And I think the answer is both. But I think that it's totally fair that the outcome of that is you don't really feel anything about it because... You're, you land in the middle. And I'm kind of the same way. Mm. Like, and, like, I, I find... fine. Like, I it, find myself that... I find myself oscillating, like, mm-hmm. between totally it's you. funny and it's not... And, and, like, here's the thing, too. I don't, I don't hold anything against this movie. I didn't have a good time watching it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying this movie or um, the fact that this movie exists. I, and, I, and I just... I think it's, it's cool when directors try to combine you know, different emotions and feelings and try and, you know, experiment with different ways that to make us feel. That's why, that's why we watch movies. And I'll never discourage, like, you know, trying to mix different flavors together, right? Discomfort Mm -hmm. and, and comedy or whatever. Like, like awkward comedy is my fucking jam. I love peep show. I love all kinds of like, create, like, like the stuff that goes like really hard into like the awkward shit. I'm super here for it. I, I don't think, Creepshow executes on like that discomfort and comedy. Well, this movie, this movie goes beyond but, awkward. Is yeah, the thing. No, absolutely. Like, it's, and, it's not awkward, um, com- un- uncomfortable. No, it's true. And and uh, 
you know, it like, is, it's just put to another level. You're just you're combining yeah. like some really different flavors in a in a to use Keanu Reeves's metaphor in in, in a mixed drink, right? <laughs> and and I think uh, uh, DJing's like bartending. Yeah, yeah. He got the right ingredients. You just got to find the right blend. And you know what? So is movie making. Uh, For sure. So so is movie making. For sure. To, to take that really dumb thing seriously, like that that comment seriously, like. Uh, and and I just I think that the blend here just doesn't do anything for me. Like, I think, I think it just kind of leaves me in the middle. Yeah. And, you know. That doesn't, it doesn't surprise. There's nothing wrong with enjoying this movie. And like, like they, they come in, they draw dicks all over the art. That's very funny to me. I draw dicks all over my own art all the time. Like, that's fine. Them, them continuing to draw dicks on his wife's statues yeah, and sculptures I, I is really funny. Yeah, I love how juvenile and sadistic the two girls are in this. Yeah, I, 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 love their, I love their juvenile humor, too. Because, I mean, it is, like, they're they're teenagers, right? So they, they would have, like, the most juvenile... Well, I, you're making a face. So we'll get to that. Um, but uh, I, I, I do think that this movie... And I'm not surprised that Cleveland clicked with this movie the least out of the three of us. Is it is it it falls into the same camp way more so than something like uh, The Room or Troll Two. It falls into the camp of the Greasy Strangler. Yes, where like <laughs> it's right, it's a it's right. a different it's a different kind of thing. But the goal is to make you feel super uncomfortable, and it does that. Very different uh, uh, method than the Gracie Strangler, but I think you're right, and that's why it's and and similarly to the Gracie Strangler, I'm in a position where I think it's cool that this movie exists, and I'm glad I'm glad I saw it. But is this a movie that I ever really want to come back to? I don't know about that. If we're carrying the bartending, the drink metaphor, keep going, yeah, run forward. with it, dude. What this this reminds me of is something like a fucking. Uh, like a spicy Bloody Mary, ch- one of the like challenge Bloody Marys. <laughs> Maybe this is a Midwest, uh, a particularly Midwestern thing, but like a Bloody Mary with a fucking pizza. On yeah, or well, one one time uh, a buddy when, oh, when we like lived a Bloody Mary with chocolate. It's like you just you didn't. No, 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 no. We're talking is like when we were when we still lived in Milwaukee. One of my buddies and I went to uh, brunch one morning, and he's very much a masochist and he likes to uh Im- like eat food that is painful and this this place had a challenge bloody mary that if you finish it it's it's half off and it's like a muddled habanero pepper in the bottom like sriracha vodka the rim is is there's a, a cayenne pepper uh rim um just like Something that's designed to... It's mean. Yeah, it's mean. But it's like, drink it because it'll get you drunk, and if you do, you get you get it, you don't have to pay for it, you know? It'll be it's painful, like, though. It, but it'll be painful, and you'll have a bad time, but the endorphins of, of the adrenaline will make it will make it fun, right? And that's that's the type of movie that this is. Where, like, it's painful, it's a bad time, but also... It's like you kind of have fun in the experience of it. See, I think the painful elements of this movie are so critical to make the campy parts funnier. Yeah, because it's like, always it's already kind of gearing you to like 
want to laugh in discomfort, which I found mm-hmm. myself doing a lot in this movie. I do think the first sex scene is uh is is one of the funnier sex scenes I've I've seen on on camera. This is before the whole pedophile angle, but it reminded me of uh the only scene I've seen from Showgirls, which is the sex scene in the pool with Kyle yes. McLaughlin. We were just yes. talking about that a couple episodes ago. <laughs> or maybe last episode. Very similar. Is what we were talking about a Rob- the RoboCop episode. Yeah, jeez, yeah, just, just last episode. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe that's why it brought it up. But it's just like, it's such like a goofy, over-the-top sex scene. It's like hyper-erotic, but like the way that it's shot. And it's like, there's a thunderstorm and it's raining and there's like lightning and the music is like kind of sinister it's like it's it's camp it is it is camp yeah it it totally is and then it's like then they wake up the the next day and they're like oh by the way we're 15 it's like ah (laughs) but spoiler alert but they're not like spoiler alert they're obviously not like that's the thing like so my thought when they said that was okay i guess they're movie 15 Right, where like his movies are always casting like people in their like mid to late twenties as teens. right. Well, in and, that and first... so it's like okay, and and I guess that that's why like Keanu buys it or whatever because the movie is setting us up. They're wearing like teenagery clothing, I guess. So like maybe we're supposed to believe that these like very much adult women aren't. But like, why are we here? Well, I, you mean, know I mean, also it they're obvious. The actresses obviously are older because we see like they're fully nude in the sex scene. Yeah, so it's yeah. like we know as the audience, like okay, these women obviously are not actually well, I fifteen. On a what's her name? On a day, Armas. Yeah, like twenty-seven. Yeah. When the, when this I think it's shot. supposed to be pretty clear that they're not actually fifteen. Yeah, it's right. just something that. If you're threatened with, like, you have to kind of buy into it. Well, they—they they also, also, like, they—they—they they, they don't present it as like, oh, we'll just tell the cops we're fifteen. Like, they—they they present it for most of the movie as like we are like teenagers, and they act like it. And it's like we know as the audience that they're the actresses obviously aren't, but the movie plays that so straight that until the end when they tell you that they're they're actually in their early 20s like you don't know if in the movie they actually are 15 or not you yeah, know that's, that's, that's the thing that, kinda, like, that we're just playing by their own rules and that's, it's like that's, that's the magic that, of cinema baby exactly that's the point what, doesn't that make like, like keanu's character like why would he buy it at all like i that's what i don't get like they were already like deceivers and shit like uh, well yeah i mean he obviously thought he obviously thought they were they were 21 or whatever well and they they don't they don't give him any real evidence that they aren't so what (laughs) well i'd love that it goes from like ben said the threat is enough yeah and i feel like at times in like the second act of this movie it almost plays it up like feeling like a sort of twisted morality play where in reality it's just pure sadism. Yeah. And I I love that kind of twist. It's you know, I it, I will say cheap. like it does it does present itself as like a morality play but like at least for me this isn't one of those cases where like the whole time I'm like no, like Keanu told them no. They sexually assaulted him. Like it is like if if no yeah. means no, then they've raped him. Like it's not a morality play. He is the victim here, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. 
you know, no matter how old they are. And like, that's the thing about it is like, it's, it's a way, it's a position to put him in where he's trapped. But like, even if the characters are 15, they still raped him. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think that that's at least for me that the morality of the situation is never in question, but the film does treat it as such. Sure. And the, the, the two girls try to make the most mileage out of the kind of, of course, the pedophile angle as they can, you know, they say they're going to, Pull a Chris Hansen, you know, to, yeah, to, to catch, catch a predator, predator and, yeah. and then they have the whole game show scene, which I find uh, very funny. Yeah, where they uh, they have tied Keanu up and have put headphones on him, connected to his DJ set. It's the funniest way to torture him, yeah. honestly. Uh, where it's playing like Merz Bow as loud as possible. <laughs> Just fucking pull steam in. Right, but like, he's just wearing headphones where he could just shake his head forward and they would come off. That felt lazy. Like, it, it felt like like almost funny lazy, but it didn't really land for me. Like, I, I it, why didn't they just like tie the headphones around his head or something? I, you're thinking about it. You're thinking too much yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, like... No, I'm, th- I'm just regular thinking about it. He like, shakes them off, they put it back on. Like, like you're thinking about it too much. If someone's playing like a, like, just... I think that's just a simple mechanic. Like, it's just a very simple thing. They put headphones on your ears to deafen you. The first thing literally any human would do is shake their head. He doesn't have agency, though. He's tied up. Like, even if he does shake him off. He can shake his head. Like, they're gonna force it back on him. Come on, Cleveland. Like, they would put the headphones back on him. They would... Yeah, you sound like a CinemaSins guy right This is a CinemaSins thing. What? No! Yeah, this is one... This is a cinema. I'm... I'm, This is a CinemaSins thing. Like... Come on, man. He's t- like Ben said. He's tied up. They would just put the headphones back on him. They have tortured him previously by s- he's got a surgery scar on one of his shoulders. He's recently healing they from surgery. Stabbed him with a fork. Stabbed him with a fork till he passed out. Like he's tied up. If he shakes his head, yes, he could shake his head, and the the big DJ headphones would fall off. Yes, but that. But then what? They tie him on his head, and that'd be funny, right? He's already tied up. It's funnier. Like Okay, so your problem with it is that they didn't turn it into a gag. Yeah. Okay. That's because fair. It's like, That's it's like fair a half enough, gag I guess. Already. It's a half measure. Like like take it take it to the nth degree. I mean, I think the I think, just, you just need more rope. There's, there's plenty of budget for rope. It's a ten think, million dollar budget. Like, I think the gag is Keanu who keep who keeps yelling, I'm gonna go deaf! No my ears! Ah His reactions are very so funny. funny. Well, I mean, this scene leads into the hands down the best part of the movie. Even got Cleveland laughing. Yeah, is, is Keanu's freak oh, out? His, his well, monologue before is that, before that, the other guy comes. The oh uh, yeah, the art appraiser comes, which is a very funny scene too. That is funny. Yeah, they set him up early in the movie. He works with Keanu's wife, and he's coming to pick up her latest statue, like an art dealer. Yeah, he's gonna. He, well, he's taking it. He's taking it to the gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, she's having a show, and so he shows up while they're like torturing him, and they hide him. Like, oh, we're we're Keanu's nieces or whatever. We're here shooting a music video, and they go out to the back, and mm-hmm. the statue in the back is obviously vandalized. Like, yes, covered it's the- covered in tarp. 
They've graffitied the hell out of it. I love it because they draw some dicks on it earlier in the movie, and we, after, like, Keanu, like, takes them and drops them off somewhere the first time. Yeah, there's a whole scene later. where he, uh, after he, he, quote, convinces them to leave, and, like, he gets all mad, he says, I'll take you wherever you want, whatever. He takes them home, or somewhere. And we have a whole scene of that, where, like, he drives them off there, and he drops them off, and he comes back, and he thinks everything is fine. And during that whole bit, like... We're just watching the events happen. There's nothing funny happening. And then, sure enough, like he, he, he gets back up at some point, and they come up behind him, and they knock him out. And yeah. it's like, okay, so that was just a waste of our time? It's not really a subversion. Like, not, they mean, could have done a, that at any time. It's not a subversion, like, it, but... It's just a waste. It's a waste of screen time. It's so Keanu like, feels like he's he's safe. He, feel, he feels like, oh, man, I had a real fucking yeah, shitty night. Yeah, it's boredom. I got into a, a, a bad position, but... Well, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's worth it for for gags like during that whole time we see him meticulously cleaning the penises that they drew <laughs> off of his wife's sculpture, yeah, and then later when we good. see it later, they've taken the time to re graffiti it. I think that's a funny gag. Yeah, I think that's that a funny is very gag. Funny. I think it's a funny gag, and uh, so yeah, the the guy shows up. And they're they're sort of like sweet talking him and lying, and then but then he sees the sculpture. He's like, "What the fuck? What did you do?" And they try to they try to seduce him as well. Um, and we get, I thought it was for sure going to be the best line delivery in the movie until we got to Keanu's freak out later. But his, the fantastic line delivery, they, she like touches his hand. She's like, "It can be our little secret." And there's just like a beat where it pauses. He's like. Uh, he's like, bitch, you're barking up the wrong fucking tree. I'm from <laughs> Oakland, ho. That shit was, was funny. It's so was funny. Good. It's so, good. so funny. Oh, man. Uh, that turns into a whole thing. They steal his inhaler, Chekhov's asthma. Uh, they start smashing the sculpture. He And the dust from the sculpture. Yeah, he, he gets worked up into a frenzy and starts having an asthma attack and slips and falls and kills himself by bashing his head whatever but later we get to yes keanu after the the game show thing where they have him tied to the chair and they're asking him questions like uh how far will you have to uh go to pick up your kids from school because you're a pedophile and the last question is like what is uh what do you think is the uh the pun the best punishment for the crime of pedophilia it's like Going to prison and being raped every day, uh, castration or death. They're like, ah, the answer's death, so we're going to kill you at sunrise. And that leads to uh, Keanu just having a complete and total meltdown. Not even going to try to do it justice of trying to describe what it is. I'm just going to put in a full clip Please. of that audio. Yeah, it's very funny. Right here. Death? Death? You're gonna kill me. You're gonna fucking kill me! Why? Why? Because I fucked you? You fucked me! You fucked me! You came to my house! You came to me! I got you a car! I brought you your clothes and you took a fucking bubble bath! You wanted it! You wanted it! You came out to me! What was I supposed to do? You sucked my cock. You both fucking sucked my cock. It was free pizza. Free fucking pizza. It just shows up at my fucking door. 
What am I supposed to do? We're flight attendants. Come on, fuck us. No one will know. Come on, fuck us. Oh, two sums, three sums. It doesn't matter. Starfish, husbands. You don't give a fuck. You'll just fuck anything. You'll just fuck anything. Well, you lied to me. I'm trying to help you. I let you in. I was a good guy. I'm a good father. And you just fucking fuck me? What? Now you're gonna kill me? You're gonna kill me? Why? Why? You should fuck me? What the fuck? Fuck, fuck. This is fucking insane. So. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. It's, It's great. It's great. Just truly special. Like. One of one of my like, regardless how I feel about the rest of this movie, like truly one of my favorite on screen moments in a film that I've seen in a very very long time. It's Keanu Reeves at his most arranged. He's like channeling like you the said, most arranged of Nick Cage. Yeah, you, yeah. You compared it to a Nick Cage performance earlier, and it really is. And I, what's great about that is. And, and honestly, Keanu's performance in this whole movie is I feel like we really get to see a side of Keanu that we don't typically see in a lot of his other roles. Yeah. You know, with stuff like The Matrix and John Wick, you know, he's he's very he's very cool and and quiet and sort of soft spoken and very serious you know and he gets a couple of fantastic opportunities to just like really really fucking ham it up in this and i think that that's the the best thing about this movie is an opportunity for keanu to like really let it out be weird see and here's the thing about keanu i think unlike nick cage i personally don't think Keanu is that great of an actor. But I don't what either. He, yeah, yeah. What he lacks in acting skill, he makes up for in charisma. And 100%, presence. Yeah. You know, and like the charisma comes out it took, in this movie. It took, me a, it took me a long time to get to that point with Keanu, but that is one of the things I really appreciate about him. Cause I agree with you. I don't think he's a very good actor. I don't think he's ever been think, a very good actor. I think actor. he's a great, like, action actor i think he's, well yeah he's i think his best. charisma and, yeah. and yeah he's got um, he's got great and he's great at being like serious and, and angry and he's and got great yeah. on-screen presence and also he's just one of those people that like as a person off camera he just seems like the just like the best person yeah and Very i think i think charismatic likable guy yeah yeah and and charismatic in a way that like a lot of his characters are not allowed to be you know mm-hmm. and i think that like in the beginning of this movie, too, and one of the things that I really like about, like, the the sort of setup of, like, his picture-perfect life with his family is, like, some of the, like, over-the-top fun, like, dad Keanu stuff he gets to do. It reminds me of that clip of him at I whatever award show where he's like, don't you guys just love movies? Man, I love movies. I love making movies. Like, that is... I, that clip is so fun and wholesome, and I feel like the beginning of this movie is like that's the Keanu we're getting. Yeah. It feels like we're getting some of mm, like sure. like pure, earnest, sincere, like r- like real Keanu, like not actor Keanu. 
Um, and then, well, and then later you get the Nick Cage performance too. So it's like you really get it all. And I, that's yeah, my, it was super well used in this movie. This is my favorite. He's, he's my great stuff. With he's it. my yeah. favorite part of this movie. Same. I mean, I'm I don't a, think this movie would be half as good as it, it is. Don't no, him. and I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what other actor you would put in his place where you'd be able to get a kind of similar effect. I mean, N- Nick Cage probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Nick Cage could could do this well. Yeah, or like maybe like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, maybe. He's a little I too could, old. He's a little old for it's it. A little too old. I, I see that kind of same sort of presence. Yeah. I, I can see that. Manic energy at times. But yeah, man, man Keong is great in this movie. Um, like I said earlier, everybody's great in this movie. Ana de Armas is really good. Um, I gotta look up that other Lorenzo. actress's name. Um, it's, uh, yeah, Lorenza Itzo? Izzo? Yeah. Um, no, plays their Genesis. Are She's really good, too. They're, yeah, the, the two of them are, are incredible. Really, really good. Um, and I, and, Sort of in contrast to Keanu, I think their performances are both genuinely good. <laughs> Keanu is sort of like Nick Cage and ends up being good by fun. just, yeah, fun. But just uh, by sheer force of his presence. Yeah, and like, I think on my first viewing of this, and part of the reason I picked this movie for the podcast is it separates itself from like, general bad movies because it is very off the rails and memorable in like a much different way than typical bad movies. I mean, I don't I don't think this movie like whether you like this movie or not, I don't think this movie's really a bad movie. I think no. the reason that it has such a low score on everything is because it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Let me ask you a I question. Also, I also then. think yeah, again they don't introduce really any stakes until like halfway into the film. So I think a lot of people would have been mm-hmm. bored, you know, like myself. There's a lot of build up. When, yeah. when, when, when did you first see this movie, Ben? About yeah, six months ago. Oh, I recently. Saw it, I saw it and was like, immediately, I got to pick this up in the podcast. You know, because like, this is a movie I feel like needs to be talked about because it's so weird and uncomfortable, but also very funny and campy. And That's kind of big. midnight movie esque. The reason the, the reason I asked when you first saw this is because it came out in 2015, which would have been when we were in college, and at least when it is when like the tables sort of start to turn, like the next morning in this movie, it reminded me a lot of your senior thesis film in college. Yeah, and no, so I, that's I, why I was wondering if you had seen this when it first came out and it was an inspiration I for that. I hadn't, but I would have definitely taken influence from it. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely goes in a different direction, but, like, your film was about, like, a family that just sort of, like, forces their way into this random guy's house and just they just, like, live there now and he mm-hmm. can't get them out. Yeah. Like... That's that. That's the direction that I thought the movie was going before it turned into funny games. Like that, especially that scene where he goes into the kitchen and they're making breakfast and stuff, and like the one girl's like, "I haven't been home in four years," you know. I was like, "Oh, they just sort of like go find random guys, seduce them, and then just move into their house." Like yeah. I thought that. I thought that's yeah. the direction that yeah. it was going. Um, so that's. That's why I asked. Yeah, they they definitely play that up in a, a fun way. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it, it becomes not that pretty quickly, sure. um, but I, I do like that kind of setup. <laughs> I think no, that would have been I a funny angle. the turning point for me in this movie, and the reason I picked it, was I got to the final scene of this movie where Keanu is rolled into a grave, you know. Into a, a, a grave in yeah. his backyard that they've dug for him, yeah. yeah. And they just bury him up to his neck. And his fucking reaction to that is yeah, one yeah, of the funniest performance. Like him like up to his neck, like, like you know, screaming and it's stuff. Like yeah. a, it's like a Wicker Man level performance, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, I, yeah, it is kind of similar. Not the bees yeah. sort of deal, but it goes on for way longer. <laughs> well, yeah, they they reveal to him, it's like, no, we're not going to kill you, you dumb fucking asshole. And also, we're, uh, we're 22, you know? They they turn it into, like, they turn it into a morality thing where they're like, you know, we... <laughs> I like how they <laughs> how they present it almost like it's like a curse. They're like, you you said you didn't say no, so now we have to go on and do it to somebody else. It's like the first guy that they come to who doesn't allow himself to be seduced by them, it breaks the curse, and they disappear into the... <laughs> See, it, it feels... That felt very funny games to me. In yeah. That, like, it's very much... They're giving obviously fake names, Peter and Paul, for example, in funny games. Right. And like they're they're playing up like it doesn't matter what the truth actually is, we're not gonna really tell you the truth. Right. You know? Like that to me just felt like, oh, we're they're just fucking telling him whatever to yeah. torture him. <laughs> well, also, like, it's equally disingenuous because they're like, you still said yes. Every guy always says yes. No ma- no one has said no yet. It's like but he did say no. He said no <laughs> several times. You know, yeah. he said he he kept like trying to put all pull off their advances. Like yeah. he did say no. <laughs> um, but the the funny the, how they end it with uh, they post a video they took of him having sex with or being rather being raped by Anna de Armas and posted on his Facebook, and then they just put it the, the in phone the in the dirt so he can watch it as it's playing out and like all of his friends on facebook are just coming to be like this is disgusting unfriended unfriended <laughs> my kids can see this is this some kind of sick joke and it's so funny because at the bottom there's like two big buttons that are not on actual Facebook. There's like like and delete and he manages to worm one of his hands out of the dirt and reaches over to press delete and accidentally hits like. And it falls over. It's so fucking (laughs) stupid but it's such a good joke. It's it's a really good joke. And honestly, I think the final joke of the film is pretty funny, too. Where, like, it does the the same camera tracking shot that goes through the whole house, takes the same route. We see how vandalized it is. Wife and kids show up. They walk in. They see how destroyed the house is and what awful shape it is. And the kid, one of the kids just like, Dad had a party, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it just cuts to cuts. <laughs> 
It's so good. <laughs> well, because they kind of, they joke about at the beginning of the movie when they're going when they're they're the kids and the mom are going off. It's like, oh yeah, dad's gonna have a big party tonight, and all of his friends are gonna come over, and they're gonna get drunk and stuff. And so they're joking about it. So they come home and they think that that's just actually what happened. <laughs> the vandalism on all the portraits is really juvenile oh and God. hilarious. Like disgusting <laughs> they draw like a swat like a nazi armband on, on keanu. keanu on one of them and dicks aplenty they also draw like tits on like his daughter like his <laughs> young daughter like it's 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 vile but it is like it is really juvenile shit and that's the thing like i i feel like that matches the core of this movie it's juvenile and mean-spirited and cruel and also like even though they're not even if they're not actually teenagers like 22 year olds are fucking juvenile too well, 22 I mean, year olds are still basically kids i mean there's just plenty of people out there who are just juvenile yeah. at any age you know arrested development yep mm-hmm yeah, and I think the the cruelty of it, you know, is just super played up here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in that respect, I understand why people wouldn't like it, because this movie is very mean-spirited. Extremely. You know, very cynical, cruel. Even. Yeah. So what? A cynical, even. Cynical, I yeah. Would say. yeah. Totally. I think, I think the ending is really... Because I, I, I love the bit where he, he misses the pressing the button and... And all that stuff, but like then they just leave, and that's it. They take the dog, and they take them. the dog, and yep. uh, off to do it to some other off hapless to do it to schmuck. Else, off they go, and it's like I don't know. I just I felt like if they raped Keanu, if like all the rest of it, like I would have gotten more entertainment. Because if they're going for the juvenile shit, they're trying to entertain, right? Like I would have gotten more out of them getting some kind of kind of comeuppance, you know, or something. Personally. I don't really want that though. Like I look at this in comparison to something like The Strangers again, where like The Strangers is pure violence, where this is more psychological torture. And like looking back on it, like I think like this is in a lot of ways experientially worse than just being stabbed to death really quickly. Yeah. You know, like Well, I mean they've they have ruined his life. Yeah. Yeah, and like there's no there's no way his marriage survives this, you know, no, and, and his wife's getting custody of them kids. Yeah, and in that respect, I find it much yep. more disturbing in a way, and you know, cruel. But like his wife finds him like, assumedly like buried in the dirt, still alive. Like clearly, like he didn't consent to that. Like clearly, he was like in a position where he got fucked over. He wouldn't destroy his own house. Like, it's it's really obvious that, like, he didn't do it. So, like, if his wife is, like, reasonable and rational, then she would understand, that, like, oh, my husband has been a victim of this hor- these horrible events. Yeah. Because he was a victim of those horrible events, and it's all Well, really I mean, it depends on how much she believes what he says. Because, I mean, if she comes home, finds that, and sees on Facebook a video of him fucking another woman, and he's like, oh, no, they, I didn't want to, actually. Like, even though that is the case... Like, she's probably well, not going to believe tied up in That's video. partially why... Kink the, shit. The, you never been tied up in bed, the, the final well, On top of all the other things. I feel like that's why the final line hits more. 
is because like if it's played as drunken debauchery and like this ended with him you know buried up to his neck after a A wild night of drunken debauchery like it's way less justifiable and if that's kind of the tone going into it where you view this from yeah like all of her art they spend a lot all the time smashing up all of her art like mm -hmm. the house is like totally destroyed i will say the art is pretty funny because uh it's all very foul it's very it's very antonio gaudi uh influence because she's uh, spanish mm-hmm. um but it is a yeah like you said very phallic all of it i like Just it a lot he, of weird boner looking things there's there's this one like big like upside down vase that just looks like a butt plug <laughs> and like he keeps trying to like when they're out of the room like bump into the shelf to get it to knock on the floor we find out later because that's where he keeps his gut inside the butt plugs <laughs> the butt plug face why why it's such a don't weird think about it you're not movie. supposed to think like yeah i just thought it was fun that's right i'm not thinking about it i thought it was funny (laughs) again i think you're thinking about it too much i guess the last thing i wanted to talk about very briefly is uh after uh her assistant dies you know from you know having an asthma attack and falling and dying smashing his head uh paper mache (laughs) Oh yes, that was a pretty fun, a pretty fun gag. They take the time to paper mache him and put him in a in the truck. Yeah, in they, his own truck. Yeah, they they have a they have like a a back and forth. Like while they're putting him in the truck, they're like, like, do you think such and such so and so is going to be able to get rid of this? And they're like, yeah, he's like a magician. He can make anything disappear. Yeah, that was weird to me. I, like, I didn't really I would get say, that. Yeah, it, like, it almost it almost felt to try like and justify some shit that didn't need to be justified. It almost like, felt like it like it was ADR'd in later because I don't think in any of that yeah. you can really clearly see their mouths. It. it is the implication that they have like an accomplice who's like helping uh, them? Do, the who shows that, like they're you know who like, shows up and removes the, the body? Doesn't really work if there's also a dead body there. Because, yeah. Because like once again, Keanu Reeves. That's just one more like that's the biggest flag indicating that. But Keanu I mean, Reeves I would assume the they stole that the, they the drove truck that they drove well away in the truck. They drove. Yeah. Then, you know but like. He, uh, to me, it sure. I mean, planning. you're not wrong, and this movie is a little sloppy on that. Yeah, point. it's yeah, ultimately it doesn't like, care. It's ultimately not. A, I, <laughs> but I, I don't think that's the point of the movie. At the same time, you know, like the point of the movie isn't to explain away all of this shit. Yeah, you said you had something else, Cleve. Yeah, um, heel turn. Uh, I liked knock at the cabin more. That's my heel turn. That is surprising. Yeah, that is. I, I I think I think that um, fucking classic John Batista uh delivered a pretty solid performance at Knock in the Cabin. I didn't like Knock in the Cabin very much, but there were some moments in that movie that I thought were kind of fun. You know what's aged on me? All right, I think the, the dialogue movie. in this movie is way better than Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, I agree. I think I, it's a much find, much better written film. Yeah, I find that Knock in the Cabin was at least fake bad whatever sincere at least i do think that knock the cabin was trying and yeah. i think that this was trying to be tommy wiseau and i think that that i find that like it, i don't trying think to be, so you literally saying tommy wiseau earlier but like well, like my, my point it's is camp but yeah, like it's not it's, trying to be bad 
it has a camp element. I think it, it is trying to be There's bad. a distinction. And, and I find that cynical. Like, I think, um, I find, I find that, like, that, that whole idea of, like, oh, don't worry about it, like, we don't really care is, it can be funny, like, it can be that, that laissez-faire kind of thing, but I'm, I'm, I don't know, I just, I kind of felt left wondering, like, okay, why, why do I give a shit at all by the end of this movie? And I, I didn't. And it's okay if you do, it's okay, like, again, I, I think that it's great that this movie exists and it's fine, but I didn't like it. I like cabin. I, I somehow, for whatever reason, like knock at the cabin more. All right, slapper rating on it. Two. Okay. I like. I like those moments. I liked. I liked the. I loved Keanu Reeves' rant, and I love the other guy's rant, and the actors were fine. Uh, but overall, I I was just I was super bored for the first half, and uh, yeah, that did two two setups, and the payoff was cute, but I don't know. I was kind of hoping for more. All right, Ben. Look, here's the thing. If you took Keanu Reeves out of this and you took Eli Roth out of this or one or the other, I don't think this movie would work. The fact that it's both of them is like the perfect storm to make this like, for me, a camp classic. I feel like part of this movie almost requires like an understanding of stuff like funny games to really appreciate but I I find it to be a blast. It's so mean-spirited and cruel, but I find it like a perfect midnight movie. This is a four out of five to me. This is so stupid and juvenile, but hilarious and amazing. Yeah, I yeah, it, it's it's a similar thing to the Gracie Strangler. Like I said, like I I I had. I probably had more fun watching this than I did the Gracie Strangler. I'll give it that. Um, it is a, it's a deeply uncomfortable film. The um, Gracie Strangler, sorry, it's your rating. Yeah, <laughs> you've you've said your piece. That's um, I I think I think it's it's a it's a pretty unsettling film. Um, but like I I do think that's the point. I think it's got pretty clear intent what's trying to do. I also do think it has a lot of really funny moments and like. The performances are all great in their own different ways, um, and so there's 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 definitely that. This is not a film that I would readily recommend to most people. I think you have to kind of be willing to meet it on its own level, yeah. um, and even so, you still might not enjoy it, but. It was it was an it was a fucking experience, man. Um, and and I, I think I I think I had a good time. <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five. Sure. Um, well, that gives knock knock an average of three point two out of five. General recommendation with caveats. Yeah, I would say um, you could end up like Cleveland. Yeah, to me. There were uh, when when Ben's when Ben picked this, I think it's in the podcast. When when Ben said hey, we're going to do Knock Knock by Eli yeah. Roth, you and I, Tease, were like, never heard of it. Didn't know Eli Roth did a movie in 2015. Yeah, and um, I looked up the. I was very curious, so I looked up like the budget versus the the returns on this movie, and the budget was 10 million, and it made 6.3 at the box office. 
And to me, that all makes sense. I mean, I would have to know how many theaters it was in. I feel yeah. like this. There's no way this got. I like definitely a, didn't hear about this movie when it. Yeah, I feel like this got like a super limited theatrical. I, I release. like Eli Roth. Yeah. I probably would have seen this in the theaters if I knew about it. Yeah, I mean, hey, this. Yeah, this one totally went under my radar. This one came out. Did this come out pre or post Green Inferno? Post Green this, Inferno. Okay, this is after Green Inferno. Yeah. I feel like Green Inferno was a bit of a disaster. Yeah. In terms of it got a very wide release and kind of bombed critically and commercially. Yeah. So it, this one was more quietly dropped. Green Inferno is not a very good movie. No, I think this is much better than Green Inferno. I agree. Equally mean-spirited, though. Yes, yeah, equally <laughs> mean-spirited in much different ways. In much different ways. Um, anyway, uh, next week we're back to new movies, um, yeah. and it's it's time for Cocaine Bear, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. I feel like a bear yeah. had cocaine? What if a bear had cocaine? Will we find it bearable or unbearable? <laughs> Be ready to hear that joke again next week, folks. Can we tolerate this movie? <laughs> there we'll it is. Man, we were, we were talking about it a little bit before we hit record, but the more I see the trailers and marketing for this movie, the more I think that it's going to be a stinker. I'm... Yeah, I'm pretty trepidatious myself. When I, I when I was when I heard it announced, I was like, "Fucking cocaine bear!" It sounded like a fucking like great. it sounded like it like a fucking canon film or like a full moon pictures or something. You know, but it it looks like it's trying to honestly, be too kooky. I think it's the same problem. It, it feels movie, like it's, it's going to be cynical. Like if it's not going to be sincere. If there's ever a movie, I wish Eli Roth directed. Oh man, Eli Roth would be perfect for right? Cocaine Bear. Yeah. It's just the perfect blend of juvenile, yeah, you know, sleazy exploitation. Where like, I think Elizabeth Banks is directing this, and like that makes me a that little. That can't nervous. be right, can it? Yeah, bro, she's directing this. I'm looking it up right now. That can't. That can't be right. Look, all I want from Cocaine Bear yeah, is a is lot of blood that and a lot of sense. gore. Yeah, same. Yeah. Give me a comical level of blood and guts, and I'll be on board. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, easy to please. We'll see. the 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 previews have definitely got me going in a little cynical, but I'm willing. I'm willing to. I'm willing to to be wrong. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, I am. Yeah, come back next week for Cocaine Bear, but stick around. For a sponsor. Yep. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The, the shelf, it glows. The shelf speaks. The shelf, it, it speaks into our minds. And it says, this week was brought to you by the Bastard Goose. Beware the goose. He's a bastard. Um, is that the sequel to Cocaine Bear? The Bastard Goose. Bastard Goose? <laughs> that uh, feels like it. That's an idea. Let's get writing. Let's get. Let's yeah. get. Let's get writing. Yeah. I did hear that Cocaine Bear was was fully written on spec, so somebody had some faith in it. So let's get that. Ba- let's get the bastard <laughs> goose written. There we go. Bastard. And sent off to Hollywood yeah. tomorrow. Send that to New Line pronto. <laughs> All right. Get Universal on the phone. Here comes. Here comes the bastard goose. All right. Well, once again, the shelf has been satiated. All right. 
Well, to satiate us, dear listeners, we require a tribute of a five star. A five star sucking. No. Five star sucking. A five star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I don't know how Spotify does their rate. Whatever. Five stars. That's what. That's how you feel about this show. Six if they allow it. If they allow it, yeah. If it's a, if it's out of ten, then definitely more. Give it more than five. <laughs> At least six. <laughs> At least six please. or seven, please. <laughs> um, you can also if you if you really like the show. I mean, if you like really like it. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. We know that they really like the show because... They're still here? Because they support us on Patreon for some reason. All the love. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash pod people pod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews i'm on twitter at some spooky snake and and streaming on twitch twitch.tv slash some spooky snake spooky saturdays spooky saturdays you're working through resident evil 7 7 currently i don't know the the father by the time this episode comes out, I'm hoping that I will have beaten the Chainsaw Man. Or maybe that's happening this weekend. I don't know. Follow follow me on Twitch <laughs> to figure out when I'm, when I'm streaming. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And uh, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, got him. Got him. You can find my work on... Suck uh, it, Elon. DreadXP.com. And, uh, you know, also the DreadXP Discord. I'm... All doing hanging out and movie, doing movie nights over there from time to time. Feel free to pop on by and say hello. Uh, that's it from me. Well, I didn't really have a way out for this one. Uh, if we can just end it without like any resolution. Bitch, you like barking anything. up the wrong tree. I'm from Oakland, though. <laughs>